0: Guys, welcome back to another episode of Radical Living. This time I sat down with professional athlete and coach Adam McMillan. In this episode, we pick things up when Adam begins to tell us a little bit about himself and his experience within both competing and coaching. We not only talk about competing at an elite level and the pressures and injuries and mindsets. Uh, that it ticks, um But we also chat about faith and misconceptions surrounding that. And we also dive into mental health. Um, please remember to like, subscribe, share and follow Radical Living Podcast on all of our platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, Spotify and Apple. And um, I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's been listening so far. Please remember to go and check out our latest episodes and please get in touch and let us know what you think. But for now, hope you guys are challenged, inspired, um, and just really tune in to what Adam has to say.
1: Yep, super. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, I am a 30-year-old athlete slash coach from Belfast. Um, I've competed as an international athlete for about 10 years now. I've done European championships, world university games, most recently Commonwealth games. And as I've moved away from my uh, athletes career, I've moved more into coaching and I've coached some international athletes now too, uh, the most significant thing as an athlete, I suppose has happened over the last year or two was an Achilles rupture. Um, most people call it a career ending injury, but I've mm. found a way to sort of come back and still perform at a high enough level as an athlete um, as well. So that's probably the most interesting thing. Very things good. About um, me well, right now. Yeah,
0: we'll touch into a couple of those things um, later on. But have you always been interested in sports? Is that something that you've always done? Um, and then when did you make that, that transition into athletics?
1: I've always had a lot of energy. And yeah. uh, I, I don't. I feel quite bad for my mom as a kid. I think she just—I actually ended up doing a lot of sports because I think she just wanted me to spend the guys. energy somewhere else. <laughs> when I come home, I'm just ready to sleep. Yeah. So she was great. She had me doing everything from Irish dancing, swimming, horse riding, basketball, wow. football, and then I started athletics um, as I was leaving primary school, going into secondary school is when she got me there. I think. Again, it's one of those things which just threw me at a summer camp to get rid of me for a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made some very good friends, so yeah. I um, stuck out the athletics.
0: Brilliant. And is that whenever you kind of started to discover your love for it and passion for it? Or was it just kind of more, uh, I'll just do this and yeah. see where it goes?
1: It might have been more of a slow burner. I had some really good friends from athletics. My cousins were there too. Um, just yeah. people from different schools and different backgrounds, which is quite nice because I found growing up, it's usually the same social circles you have your yeah. little football team that all go to the same school together and they all yeah. b- do stuff um socially together so athletics was quite nice that it brought you know i think there was four different schools in market at the time and there was e- an athlete from each of the schools so b- yeah it was quite a diverse social group uh, i got along with them all very well and you travel a bit from athletics too. you go down south to uh, irish championships so we'd sometimes get the boat across to scotland so we developed some pretty good friendships and i feel like over the course of the next five, 10 years, I just started to grow a love for athletics too, but yeah. definitely the social side kept me involved, yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of social benefits with sports anyway, um, yep. so it's great to kind of get that at a young age and have that. Um, so when did you start competing then? So instead of it being just a social thing, when when did you start to really compete?
1: Um, that's a t- I mean, I always tried in my head <laughs> when I was 15. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the Olympics for 100 meters, 200 meters, yeah. long jump, triple jump. Every shop. Yeah. And then I kind of took a few years of failure and perseverance before I really found my niche in the long jump. So it wasn't actually until I was 21 that I got my first international call-up. And that was for the European under-23s, which are in Czech Republic. That was actually the first year I competed outside of the UK. So it was a pretty big deal. We, went, we did a yeah. few competitions in Belgium. I think I went to France. And then we ended up going to the Czech Republic at the end of the summer for the european on the 23s and then that was a, a whole new eye-opener to how awesome people actually are in the yeah world. yeah you think you're pretty good in ireland or the <laughs> uk and then you go to a european championships and you get these crazy athletes who are the best in the world at yeah. what they do
0: and is that is that intimidating going into that environment like is there like added pressure you know what's yeah. that like
1: i feel like it always is there's always somebody better than you yeah so <laughs> It's hard because some competitions I'll go in, and I think I'm the one that's intimidating people, and then <laughs> other competitions I'm looking at this guy and I go, Flip, this guy's He's big, up. yeah. There's been a few competitions. I remember the Commonwealth games, Usain Bolt was there just as a, as wow. a guest. Okay. And I was like, Oh, it's Usain Bolt. And I was yeah. like, No, Adam, you're an athlete. You, you know, you're here to be an athlete. <laughs> yeah. And then I think Chris Hemsworth, because was an Australian, I was like, oh, it's Chris Hemsworth. And wow, I was like, Oh, yeah. I went full fanboy. So yeah. <laughs> and you're some trying day, to contain yourself. Yeah, some days you get caught off guard, but I found that the higher you go up in terms of the performance ladder, the less stressed or intimidated you usually get by the mm. big names or the the really big performers because you kind of there. I've started stop seeing them as the my role models or uh,
0: people you look up yeah, to. Yeah,
1: and more more as rivals and people. I actually am think. Well, I'm here now. We're we're competitors and equals and like, nearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And how do you get and like I'm always really intrigued. Like whenever you see. People competing like in athletics or whatever Commonwealth Games, olymp- Olympics. How do you get into that zone?
1: You I, I wish I had the answer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> some days I'm in the zone, and is some it days ha- I'm yeah, not. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say, is it? Are you <laughs> always in the zone, or is it you come away from after competing being like, I just wasn't feeling that? Um, is it hard to get into that headspace?
1: I would say that the thing I'm most thankful for about being a long jumper is we get six attempts, so you have. <laughs> you have each you have six goes to sort of add a little bit each okay. time i'm not very good at 100 meters or 200 meters because it's a guy tells you when to get in the blocks so the tight guy tells you when to go to the set and then the yep. gun tells you when to go and it's and that's it yeah if, you, if you're caught sleeping in the blocks you're kind of a little bit okay. screwed so
0: so you kind of have a build-up yeah. process then with yeah the although long jump.
1: every major competition i've done i remember notably that the world university games were in south korea and the first round of the final it felt like my feet were nailed to the floor and i was like come on oh, just yeah. you know do a little jump do something <laughs> i think i tried to jump and i was like <gasps> and i didn't i didn't go anywhere i was like okay so the first round isn't going to be a good yeah. jump." and then usually i just get the first round done and then the second round gets a little bit better third round is a bit of a flow um and then on but it's like i think it's a bit of competition anxiety and mm. i think accepting that it's going to be there helps me cope sometimes and over the last five or six years I've actually started to pray on the runway because Brilliant. I definitely need more strength <laughs> than what I have and I've been yeah. given strength that isn't mine yeah. and sometimes the competitions have just started with a big oomph. And the first round's been a lot better than I have. But I think accepting that I don't have I don't have the the strength or the courage sometimes in the yeah. first round, but even just asking for strength and courage yeah. from God just it just brings this whole new energy and confidence. And I wish I'd have known I wish I'd been doing this for the last 10, 15 years, yeah. but I'm grateful that I ha- that I have it now to bring into um, competitions.
0: Yeah, you kinda touched on God and your faith when you, you said that's only been a recent thing. When did that kind of happen for you and how much has it helped you? I know you, you touched on it there, but has it totally changed your game?
1: I would say it's it's changed my my life completely. Yeah. I feel like God's been nudging me in directions I would have never thought to go down and he's given me confidence I never I never thought I'd have to explore new avenues or try new things and just get out of my comfort zone I've always I've always had some degree of faith but it wasn't until 2015 2016 I really started to to form a relationship with God and and have proper conversations and it wasn't just a set of rules and do's and don'ts to like that I thought it was when I was growing up it was actually something much more deeper and just through my learning and through my relationship with God, things have just became very awesome, which is a word I overuse. Apparently, yeah. but that's a word I want to <laughs> use right now. It's been. But God awesome. is awesome. God is awesome. Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's am- it's amazing. And how you know how do you then kind of talked about uh, you developed an injury, so that I think a lot of not just athletes but people in general we like control. And even, you know, you show up on a competition day and you want to be in control of the circumstances and in control of what's going to happen. But then something out of nowhere hits you. How was that, experiencing that injury? How was, you know, you said at the start that that's a career-ending injury. Yeah. How, how was that journey of accepting that this has happened and really trying to come back from that? How, how does that take a toll on you mentally as well as physically um, and your relationship with God? I mean, it was... Sorry, I threw a lot at you there.
1: It was, it's okay. It's, uh, it was tough. Yeah. It was very tough. Um. It's, it's funny because as an athlete, I mean, I each year you're trying to scrape away at centimetres for personal best or even as a sprinter, you know, if you're a hundred metre older, you want to go from 10.05 to 9.99 and you think... Yeah. You know, you train 10, 20 hours a week and after a year, you're not point, not six seconds quicker. Or I go from a 785 PB to a 799 PB, which <laughs> is only uh, 14 centimeters. And some people think, oh, that's, you know, a few inches. Like, yeah. is that all the outcome for the work? Yeah. But as an, a- as an athlete, I always find a lot of gratitude in that. I always, I always found that I, I worked hard and I just scraped away and chipped away. So whenever I got an injury, it just felt like, what was the point of all this hard work? You know mm. for you know trying to squeeze out centimeters or little inches each year and now all the hard work has just ended ended in a in an injury that a lot of people said was going to end my career so yeah to be honest i think the first few weeks were really tough after the i was actually very grateful because i got the surgery five days after my injury and i had a really good surgeon but yeah it's tricky because people are very supportive but no one's around you know 24 7 to look after me so a lot of days i was just sitting on the sofa feeling sorry for myself yeah I couldn't get a shower because my leg was in a cast. So you just, I felt very useless. And even my job as a coach, which is what I did outside of being an athlete, I couldn't do that because I couldn't walk for, I think I was, I got my surgery at the start of November and I wasn't able to walk again until I think it was around Christmas. They actually let me walk cool. like without crutches. So it was just hard because I just, from feeling like a superhuman where my body was a temple and yeah. I was going around being, You know, making some amazing relationships as a coach to sitting on the sofa, being able to like text people or, you know, I just felt like it went from one extreme to the other. So that was a very um, testing time. Uh, I, I prayed a lot. I talked to God a lot. I just decided that I would just find different opportunities and avenues to go down. Mm. so I just started doing a lot of coach education stuff because it was stuff I could do from home, and it made yeah. me feel smart, which made me <laughs> feel motivated, which, yeah. you know, it, and it totally just changed things around, and as a result, one of the girls I coached actually ended up going to a, a European Championships, and it was a massive breakthrough season wow. for her, and it was a European Championships I was supposed to go to before uh. I got injured, so it's kind of nice because, you know, one door closes, another door opens, yeah. so I, s- I found this new light as a coach, and that's when the transition really started to happen, so I think if I didn't, have my faith and didn't stay optimistic throughout it all I might not have went down that avenue to really try to motivate myself to be productive and not not feel kind of worthless at the time
0: yeah i mean it must have been you talked about there, you know coaching it's coaching's an amazing thing it's you're able to pass stuff on to other people is that probably the most rewarding thing for you as a coach to be able to guide athletes through things that you've been through yourself and give them pointers and tips
1: yeah i think so i made a lot of mistakes as an athlete so it's always quite rewarding when you see someone i coach about to make a similar mistake but i can sort of guide them in the right direction and yeah use my errors and my experience and my my uh, wins to sort of help them take an easier path per se yeah um it's nice because i find it more rewarding when an athlete succeeds compared to when i succeed because mm. when i succeed it's just me but yeah. when an athlete succeeds it's teamwork and we've we've worked together and i know their goals and they know yeah what i'm trying to do for them so it's kind of like a double win whenever they succeed so there's definitely a lot more um, reward for me personally whenever i see i see my guys do well or have some awesome breakthrough moments so it's it's quite good and As a coach, it's nice because I I spend time to build relationships with athletes, and you get a deep understanding of their characters and their wants and needs. So whenever they do win, it's kind of has a bit more of a a, a personal touch. Whenever you see them do really well,
0: yeah. And I would say, like whenever you coach and doing coaching myself, you really get to know them as a person, and you get to know not only them but nearly their family and their friends and their circles. How then? how do you then share your faith? Uh, do you, is that hard? Um, are people welcoming to that?
1: It's, it can be tricky sometimes. It's sometimes for me, I've seen it as, you know, how do, how do you read the room? So yeah. some conversations are easier than others. I always try to drip feed in little bits of my faith so people know that, that I, I am religious. I am a Christian. Yeah and they don't just think i'm just some random joe coach who just likes what he does i, I like people to know that i have a purpose, There's in a life purpose behind it yeah god has a plan for me and i'm trying to follow god's plan yeah and that's what gives me my most inspirational motivation as a coach sometimes i can't i've made a mistake in the past i would guess of trying to force mm. my faith on the people and tell them like <laughs> this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do but I find sometimes the best way is yeah just to, to nudge or drip feed or yeah. make people aware of what I do. Like I told the guys like oh I'm doing a coaching for Christ thing this week. Yeah. And, you know and you kind of bleed it into conversation like oh you're from Balmina, I'm going to Balmina or in this week for coaching the Christ thing. Like oh yeah. what's that about? And then you have a you'd make a conversation that Brilliant. way, and it's pr- it's pretty awesome that way. I find I can be quite tactical in my types of conversations, yeah. or sometimes you let you let those guys have a conversation. I just have a little small input into it, like yeah. some common misconceptions about faith. Mm-hmm. Like oh well I drink so I can't really be religious and you're like mm-hmm. well you know there's like it's not s- completely black and white yeah and then they start to ask questions too so again you can I, I I'm I've tried to be quite tact tactful in my in my older age yeah used to be yeah some conversations are definitely easier than others but I try to um, stay confident in my faith because sometimes yeah. I feel like here people are quick to make fun or belittle you mm. or. Or judge even, yeah judge or talk to me about other people behind their backs and it makes me paranoid about what they're saying yeah. about me so i can be very self-aware sometimes and i think that stopped me from having conversations in previous years but I've, yeah i've just i've i've asked god for courage and confidence in these conversations and i find that i'm yeah. slowly getting better and better at them
0: and i think it is it's definitely you know relational you know, what what you do and and jesus himself was relational in the sense that you just we have to take opportunities when God presents it yep. and quite often we're not expecting it and yep. somebody will say something will be like oh now's our, now's our yes. chance to get <laughs> in <laughs> sure. thank you God you know, you've been <laughs> praying about it and, yeah. and talking about it so I think it's amazing that you can use your passion for coaching and your passion for ath- athletics and what you do to share your faith and it, there seems to be, I don't know whether it's just Northern Ireland but there are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to Christianity and when it comes to Christians. And yeah. what what would you say is kind of the key misconceptions that people have about it? And how then, you know, do you find that God gives you opportunities to try and let them know, well, actually, no, it's not what yeah. you think it is?
1: I find, I think, similar to some of the misconceptions I had 10 or 15 years ago, where you see God as this, like, Authority figure who, yeah, who just has you know rules that you follow or you don't follow. So you're a Christian, you're not a Christian, and people don't don't see it as you know. I think someone used a term before sin through faith, yeah. where we know we're going to sin at some some part of our life. So you ask for forgiveness, and you develop a deep relationship, and you you know you try to abide by a moral code, and yeah, you let you, you do. And you, f- I find that the stronger my relationship with God gets, or the deeper it gets, the. Uh, I don't know, the better I feel at things and the yeah. less mistakes I seem to make. I still see myself making a lot of mistakes. Yeah, But I know that I can make mistakes. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people feel like if you're a Christian, you can't make mistakes. Mm. You can't do anything wrong. Mm. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on them. And yeah. a lot of teenagers already have, have a lot of other pressures in life. Yeah, So they sometimes just... And it's not that they purposefully lose focus. It's just they s- can sometimes get distracted by other things too. And I yeah. c- it can from my experience and from my conversations sometimes it can feel like a lot of pressure or very daunting to Mm. you know if you want to be a christian you have to do x amount of things and you can't do these types of things and that's a very common misconception and i can i've had conversations before people where you know they've been like oh well this person's supposed to be a Christian, but they go out twice a week. So yeah. some Christian, they are. I've had a few of them. <laughs> and then you're like, well, you know, yeah. it's it's a personal journey. It's a personal relationship. Yeah. And then you try to just open some minds or yeah. provide another another um, overlay of it or another opinion of it. Yeah, And some conversations are easy and some people just think, nah, you're either a Christian or you're not, or you ever do this or you don't do this. and So I find that to be a very common trend. So it's just trying to sort of break that stigma as a coach and... I think I'm getting better at it, although yeah. I think in 20, 30 years, I'm like, ah, oh, when he was 30, I didn't have a clue what he was doing. <laughs> Look
0: how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think every day is like that. And the more, I, I, I do agree, I think there's a really big stigma with Christianity that you have to have it all together and yep. you have to be perfect. And that's not the case. Um, and Jesus openly says that, you know, whenever you become a and and another one, I don't know as maybe whenever you become a Christian, your life's better. Yeah, or it's a it's big, a not white
1: light shines down. Yeah, and, and, and everything's perfect yeah.
0: and but Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, Yes, your life will be better because I'll transform it. Yep. But you're gonna come across challenges and it's gonna be tough, but I'm with you. Um yep. and I think yeah, I think it's important that w- to note that and for anybody that's listening, we we don't have it all together and we're on yeah. a journey like everybody else and we make mistakes and we mess up but thankfully god's there to correct us and yeah and show us the right way to go um which is which is really it takes the pressure off
1: it does it does for bit. sure and even knowing that it's okay to make mistakes yeah. even even down the runway my first <laughs> round you see me praying <laughs> and then it's just like, God, can I mess up the first round? And, be okay? and it's like, yes, you can make a mistake. Yeah. In the fir- it's not just about getting everything. Because right. I can use long jump as my analogy. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I'm a big guy for analogies. But, yeah. you know, you got six rounds and people just think every six round, or you have to get better every single round. You yeah. need to start with a personal best or close to a personal best and even you know it's just like no it's okay to mess up around or two because yeah. in the bigger picture things are generally moving towards the right direction and little mistakes here and there are normal yeah it's just i i find athletes in general are perfectionists and everything mm. needs to be right and everything needs to be done a certain way or else it's wrong so it's yeah i've learned as an athlete that sometimes you just gotta accept the gotta bad days it, and yeah. ebbs and flows and ups and downs and you know you learn how to ride the waves of <laughs> success <Yeah>. and failure, <laughs> yeah. Motivation and demotivation,
0: yeah. And I think, um, but I think it's lovely to be coming from a coaching perspective, having gone through it, and you yeah. know, you, it helps you understand exactly what your athletes are feeling and what they're going through. Um, would they come to you often for that reassurance, for that guidance, or do they? Are they perfectionists by nature, or? you know can you see them being overcome with pressure and you can step in and be like you know chill out it's
1: okay some athletes do and some some don't i don't think it's a uh, conscious thing sometimes i think sometimes especially teenagers are just confused and yeah guys especially just don't know how to (laughs) don't know their emotions yeah so guys i have to you know how did that go there's a difference between fine okay yeah. good and you have to just learn <laughs> One the word difference answer. in tones yeah, yeah. there's something fine and fine and fine yeah. you know you, <laughs> <laughs> you begin to you begin to really uh dissect those yeah. different types of fines and okay and i find that most females are a little bit more verbal of how they feel and what they're going through and anxiety and confidence yeah. and oh, she's going to run and I didn't have a good race against her last time or, you know, th- the weather doesn't look good or I'm not. Yeah. And I mean, we, we can get deeper conversations and you chat to a guy. It's like, how are you feeling for Thursday? Oh, yeah, I'm going to win. <laughs> well, what do you know? What do you think? What do you think you're going to run? Going to run a personal vest. <laughs> okay. And then you have to really sort of work or away. Really
0: big difference. Again,
1: as you said, when there's an opportunity to have a conversation where they open up a little bit, you got to just pounce on it. Yeah. And then really get to understand things that way. So different athletes have different sort of mindsets, and we get I, I get different conversations with different people. So, again, it's sometimes about reading the room. Sometimes the guys don't want to go into a deep conversation about how they feel or what their aspirations yeah. are or how their faith affects their performance or if they have faith in, in their performance. And other athletes are, are super willing to talk about it all the time.
0: Yeah, it's just trying to – people are – there's a minefield, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: people are confusing. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> and we all are, and yeah. we all go. Ha- we all have our days, um. But we we've talked kind of throughout this episode about God's plan and wanting to to live the life that God wants us to, and reach and fulfill the plan that He has for us. Yeah. What what you know, just kind of closing us off. What would you say, Adam, for anybody that's listening to this? And we've talked about courage and and being brave. What would you say for anybody who you know, just wants to be brave and wants to be courageous and wants to be radical and, and be different and go against the norm and the flow, what would you say to them to just kind of encourage them to, to be brave and to go after their dreams and what what they want and what God's maybe opening up a door that they don't know about just yet?
1: Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> what would I say? I could use my, because I... Over the last year, I actually left a salary job as a coach and okay. went into independent coaching. I felt like it was the right thing to do, and yeah. I felt like that's where God was leading me. Yeah, I felt like I was a little bit restricted of what I could do working for a, a governing body, as opposed to what I could do as being a, a my own coach. Yeah, designing my own programs, you know, making my own, you know, little groups of athletes. Yeah, and stuff like that, and it, in somewhat. I was comfortable and complacent, okay. and I think it's easy to let years or months or whatever drift by when you yeah. are c- complacent or comfortable. and Time sort of goes away. Because I, I remember in 2017, I was thinking, okay, I should really start doing something by myself here because I know that I can. Yeah. And it took till 2019 for us. Like, oh, flip! I want to do something by myself here because I know yeah. I can. I, <laughs> so sometimes, like complacency can can end a lot of careers or you know aspirations yeah. without people actually realizing it. I had some good friends. I had, cause I, I surround myself with people who, who pick me up, who, who yeah. are successful people and who I have great engaging conversations with and they yeah. were just super encouraging and they had lots of ideas and um, ways to guide me and yeah. becoming self-employed for their own experiences. And, you know, they had some like, Oh, this worked and this didn't work. And I think I'm a very, I can be a very prideful guy. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to step out of my comfort zone in case it didn't work. Cause I was very aware that people might think, Oh, what's he trying to do? Or, you know, yeah. and that was very tough too. So I had to just, just have faith in myself and faith in God that this is what he wanted me to do. And again, ebbs and flows. It might, I might have some bad moments at the start or some bad yeah. moments in the middle, but you know, the good, the good will be better eventually. So if I had to give advice, it would be to, I gave myself some really good advice <laughs> last year and I actually <laughs> wrote it down, replace your fear and pride with confidence and humility, mm. because I feel like that is, is what a lot of people need. Humility and yeah. that you can make mistakes and, you know, it might be, it might feel embarrassing for you, but if it's what you're meant to do, then, you know, Yeah. humility, I think everyone needs a little bit of humility sometimes and courage courage is you know overcoming fear fear of failure fear yeah. of not doing things right fear of not being where you want to be but courage i think overrides that and so i ask god all the time for courage and humility and the last bit of advice would be to surround surround yourself in an environment that's positive and encouraging yeah. and people lift you up for sure
0: yeah i think in a society where um you know it's so important to have a good support network yeah um around you for people that aren't going to be jealous or envious of your success but are actually going to build you up and encourage you and cheer you on and i think that's really important and just what you were saying there about i just think about um like a blank canvas and like i'm terrible at art but just painting all over it and it's messy yeah but then at the end of it you're like you're proud of it because you're like you know what it's been a journey that you know it's been messy but i embraced every minute of it and i think that's just really important for anybody listening to this to go to just embrace it. And don't let fear of failure hold you back or yeah. fear in general actually fight your fear and be elevated and allow God to to work behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and most of my experience has been a nudge, not a shove. Yeah. I feel like for too long I waited for some big euphorical, Moment. like boom, like this is it, yeah. time to go, where it's just been a little bit of a nudge and then you look back in the last six months and you think oh flip i've actually went really far and it hasn't been some like yeah. mind-blowing like lightning struck moment it's just been slowly veering and nudging towards towards where i want to be
0: yeah and i think that's m- it's a very rewarding whenever you can look back and see the little breakthroughs yeah you know i think you're 100 right people wait for that big massive yeah. light bulb moment but it's little breakthroughs, um, yeah. really, that have been happening over a long period of time.
1: To go back to my analogies, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, <laughs> Pun intended. a good one, a good <laughs> one to end
0: on. Brilliant, um, Adam. For anybody that uh, might be listening to this um, at whatever stage, where can we find you? What's your social media? It's Instagram. You're on.
1: Yeah, I have my my athlete Instagram, okay. my personal Instagram, which is Adam underscore ninety. And yeah. I have my coaching Instagram, which is fast twitch underscore athletics. And that's where I get all my coaching content and stuff. And then I have a website which has all the details and stuff, which is just fast twitch athletics dot com. If anyone is interested in and get what I have and to say about life and yeah. athletics in general.
0: Just take your opportunities to share. Yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> and, and get in touch. I always like yeah. talking to new people and creating new conversations. And I've been hesitant in the past to talk to people, to learn from them, but I think that's been one of the best things that I uh, that I've done over the last few years is just create relationships from nothing yeah. and just start conversations. It's hard to start them at the start, but once you get flowing, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I've, I've made them and I've had them. Yeah, so Adam, yeah, thank you,
0: thank you so much. Yeah, no and, and get in touch with Adam if you're wanting to embark on a curious about Adam. anything
1: in <laughs> life. I will help guide you. Yeah, find <laughs> <laughs> of knowledge and wisdom, <laughs> or I'll find someone smarter than me that can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you so much.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: hope you enjoyed our latest episode I want to say a massive thank you to Adam for all of your banter and laughs uh, throughout this recording really enjoyed um, chatting please make sure and go and check Adam out on social media, really excited for his future um, and what's next for him. want to say again, just thank you to everybody who's listening to this and please remember to like, subscribe, follow and share Radical Living podcast on all of our platforms. We want to reach and inspire as many people as we can to embark on this journey of radical living. Guys, hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time.